to How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Bombcast. It's a podcast where we talk about performers' worst nightmare on stage bombing. I'm Luke. I'm, I'm Luke. I'm Luke. And I'm Lauren. Why? There's no one here, and this is the most eye contact you and I have ever had on this podcast. Yeah, look in my eyes. <laughs> the cameras are off, and you're just like, now I'll lock into those pupils. Oh, yeah. It <laughs> felt like too much beforehand, so uh, we have an episode we were very excited to record. Yeah, we had two guests on this episode. Introduce yourselves. Oh, no, wait, you can't, because we forgot to ask y'all yeah, to stay. Yeah, they skedaddled on out of here, too? weeks ago i thought you were gonna say too fast okay <laughs> <laughs> no it was very exciting they were each like guests in their own right and they just decided yeah. to come together it was andy woodhull and meat it was one of the best episodes we've ever had mike cronin People it served up meat. a big slice of meat for you <laughs> don't and, wanna um, riff on that <laughs> and then um and then tragedy struck, and we realized certain tragedy. limitations of our equipment, and we now know not to use uh, that port in the certain configuration. Long story short, Andy Woodhall had to call us from his next gig and and recite well, a script. Start at the beginning. We painstakingly transcribed the episode. You want to go through the whole work? This is an intro. It's I, supposed I to be typed short. Out Forty-five pages, and then he read <laughs> that, and he was. Say what you will about him. He's not an actor. He's not a voice actor. So we really had to coach him through that process. That's why we're a little late getting this out. There were a lot of steps to this episode, uh, way more than we're used to. But, but it does sound like he's on the phone. <laughs> a little bit. Enjoy the episode. Thanks, guys. beers together yeah we were because i have I cracked mine already because i'm thirsty You're ahead of me is that it's especially good when we are doing it together and then you're not gonna wait for me after i double check well i waited for so long <laughs> Cheers, it's a buddy. dahlia brown ale okay you guys sure you don't want one they're not that good <laughs> I like well, it. Now I want one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna see how shitty your beer is. <laughs> Ooh. Are you guys making these here? <laughs> uh, for how many beers we have in our fridge that are unlabeled at any given time? That's a fair question. Uh, <laughs> friends that work in breweries are yes. tight. She's like, yeah, come over for D and D and leave a case of God knows what on the second shelf every time. This right. could Thanks, be mango. This could be coconut or just shit. It's. <laughs> It's going to be Unlabeled. 5%, though. Yeah. <laughs> Either way. 5% mango? <laughs> That's a lot of mango for a beer. Not enough yeah. mango. Go all mango. 100% mango every time. That's just a mango. Yeah. I like mangoes. How was your day, Ben? Mangoes? I'd take one of those. <laughs> Damn it. No. We always think to buy beer for comedians. We never think like, oh, these comics will love fresh fruit. We like a fruit tray when we go places. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's your writer. So sorry. Yeah, didn't get your charcuterie board and fruit yeah. tray. <laughs> Where it's at. Fruité? What does that word mean? Can you enlighten me? Thank you. about vegetables and ranch. <laughs> <laughs> Are you shitting me? Yeah. That's what it means. The fanciest words for the dumbest things. Yeah. I hate that. 
So, uh, what, what, what's your, you're in Cincinnati. Both of you guys are from here originally, right? Or am I? No, he's not. No, Where no, are you no. from, Andy? Yeah, from oh, okay. Yeah. Spitting distance. Indianapolis or just Elkhart. Elkhart. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know where that there. is. Okay. What is an Elkhart? It's the motorhome capital of the world. How did what? I know that there was something about Elkhart? <laughs> Everybody knows Elkhart. Everybody of course. Of there. There's a lot of cool things in Elkhart. What is in the Motorhole Hall of Fame? Motorhome. I don't know it's in the Motorhole. <laughs> <laughs> different place. It's a different place. It's in that section of it. Uh, has, you know, pioneers of the motorhome industry and uh, uh, great jumps forward in motorhome technology yeah. and... I don't. I'm not, I haven't been to like that. the uh, <laughs> like the blender that blends up your shit so you can take shits on the road. Yeah, they have that's that good. In there yeah. and is it just the Winnebago man like screaming and doing bits from that video? That guy works there. <laughs> of course, yeah, he's in the gift shop. I think the pioneer is also a pioneer of the motorhome industry. I think that's a that's true. Yeah, Circle I heard that too. The wagons, Luke. Nice. Oh, yeah. I heard the Motor Hole Hall of Fame is Andy's mom's house. (laughs) (laughs) So this doesn't happen too often where we ask someone to come on the show and they're like, can I bring support? (laughs) How long have you guys known each other? uh, I need to have protection. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know these people. That's why you sat on the other side. That's right. Keep the arms down. These shows here in Cincinnati because we're friends. We hadn't seen each other in so long. Hell yeah. But he's so funny that you can't open for me anymore because it's too funny. Yeah. And, uh, so we set up the show to hang out. So when you asked me to come over to do the podcast, uh, I like to do a podcast, but I planned this weekend to hang out with my friend. Ah, so we were encroaching yeah, on you yeah. guys catching up, and yeah, you were you kind guys. enough to bring that here yeah, you and make it up. content. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling that harshly. You ruined our weekend. <laughs> I feel that vibe where it's like, we could be barbecuing right now and make it sit in a chair. <laughs> Speaking of barbecuing, I didn't know your nickname was Meat, so when you were talking about bringing meat and saying how much fun it was, I was oh, just yeah. like, yeah, whatever gets Andy inside. Uh, uh, I thought I would bring... <laughs> thought that was the charcuterie yeah, board. <laughs> I mean, it would have been a different vibe for uh-huh. sure. Who are you as meat here in Cincinnati? Uh, not really, not okay. anymore. I I, well, I, I don't know you. On from that. I don't think I've talked to you before. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Probably, but I, I did. He said meat, and I'm yeah, like, oh yeah, Mike Cronin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You were the one that filled me in on that. Yeah. I had forgotten. I had the nickname Meat for like three years while oh, I was in wow. Boy Scouts. Oh yeah. yeah. How did you yeah. get the name? <laughs> My older brothers gave it to me when I was in like third grade because I was just a chunky kid. Nice. Oh, that's, that's much more wholesome than I thought. Yeah. 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 Also better than my story. Uh, What's your story? I was in charge of breakfast one morning and the other kid that was helping me was trying to light a fire that was already dead. And I was like, we have matches. Stop. And then he just blew a bunch of ashes onto all of our sausage. And then I woke up the entire campsite by screaming, stop blowing on my meat. <laughs> and then I was meat for three years. So, yeah. 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 Whatever happened with those sausages? Did you rinse them? No, I didn't. I mean, they woke up, they made fun of me, and then I fed it to them without saying anything. I was just like, yeah, this is fine. This is fine. I think I think this is a karma wash. <laughs> Were either of you guys in, like, scouts or any other, like, groups growing up? How organized was your childhood? It's like the cool kids at school considered a group. That definitely counts. Super popular. Yeah. So was was that I you? Yeah. <laughs> I was in the Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts, and my brother was really into it, and my dad was a scoutmaster for a while. 
No wow, shit. Deep in the scalp. So I wasn't super into it, but you know, my dad liked it because he did when he was a kid, and then my brother got really into it. So when you know you're too young and you just have to do whatever. Yeah. So you're doing. So I was in the Cub Scouts, and I did have some fun. But then yeah. once you get old enough to make choices to do other things, I did other things. Were you, were you a ranking fun. scout, like an Eagle Scout or whatever? No, it is no. Below I, that, I did. Uh, I don't remember how far I got, but I didn't get far. I only got maybe the first two badges or whatever. I got all the Cub Scout badges. I made it all the way through Arrow of Light, and I was watching oh. the, uh, second place Northern Indiana popcorn salesman. No shit. Whoa. I got a pretty sweet trophy. It's in my parents' house. Somewhere. That's big for Indiana. <laughs> that feels like yeah. <laughs> Indiana feels like they move popcorn. Like yeah, the Boy Scout popcorn. It's delicious. <laughs> Andy, I don't mean to derail things. Do me a favor. Raise your microphone three more inches. And then Just for the, the audio listeners, it'll sound like you're in the same room as us. Yeah. Oh, there we go. It <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that we were joking about I, doing that to yeah. Mike and then it almost happened to you. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I did one meeting for Boy Scouts. Cool. One meeting. It was just, yeah, they were like, we we're supposed to meet at some kid's house and they had Raiders. They watched Raiders of the Lost Ark, which is the first time I saw it. And yeah. they had pizza and cookies. Yeah. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever been a part of. And my parents refused to let me join the Boy Scouts. No, what? Because they said it was, it was too nerdy. It's too much fun. <laughs> <laughs> too nerdy. Like, we don't want you surrounded by these nerds. You kidding? He can yeah. put Eagle Scout on a resume? Nah, don't let him. That <laughs> yeah. shit's for squares. Yeah. yeah. So they wow. unsuccessfully steered you away from pizza and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Because you yeah. came back around. I came way. Yeah. Back. You suck though. You're supposed to do yeah. like archery and stuff. You're watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got a lazy uh, scoutmaster over there. Sure. It should be a mix of both. It should be a mix of, of nonsense and debauchery, yeah. but also yeah. things you're getting merit badges for that could also harm you forever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it should be an even mix of both. I was Absolutely. in you live where you describe Raiders of the Lost Ark and pizza as... <laughs> <laughs> debaucherous night we watched oh. all three indiana jones movies crystal skulls tomorrow <laughs> say that on a podcast filthy that. the raunchiest of fun yeah. <laughs> on a doll rating for the debauchery that goes on here that, it's pretty debaucherous compared to my boy scouts which is the church version i was in straight arrows and then royal rangers and the fun is great arrows. Yeah. Wow. If that subtext isn't Very harsh pointed. or anything. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But I think the most fun meeting for that was that we were just like, we didn't have anything planned. So go in the back and throw dirt clods at each other. That was a fun <laughs> night. Man, I miss dirt clods, you know, dirt clods. It's got to come back around to that someday. Mm. It's a it's a special type of person that misses dirt clods. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, I had dirt clod kids I grew up with. I wasn't allowed to play with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> they were the Remkes. They were the dirty family. Yeah. I shouldn't have said their name. Fuck. Uh-oh. That sounds Whoops. very disparaging. Uh-huh. The garbage king? <laughs> camping was fun. That's what I liked. I liked camping. The cups of camping. That was fun. This is the worst part. That's where I got my shitty nickname and they caught me on fire multiple times. (laughs) That was a bad weekend. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you did wrong to get that job. (laughs) We would roast our own hot dogs. 
It was really fun. I like. Uh, I remember one time we thought it was so funny we were gonna pee out a fire. You ever pee out a fire? <laughs> it's the worst. Yeah. It's the worst. <laughs> thing. So that soft. fire pit yeah, is ruined. It's ruined for life. Like, oh, this is, we have to go to a different campsite. It's not so <laughs> yeah, we have to move down the river. Jesus. My favorite camp out was we would do one in the winter time. You ever camp in the winter time? No. Cold weather camping, yeah. baby. Yeah. Bring they would, I don't know. We had a special name for it. I forget what it was called, but they they would bring like hey. And then you fill the thing with hay and then yeah. cover your sleeve. It's so fun. You had to insulate yourself because the ground was yeah. negative 12 and you're <laughs> laying on it. <laughs> A little Cub Scout nest. Mm-hmm. Just real. nestle in there. Did you do any like survival camp? Counts like no, nothing you, was hard. I mean, it was all you didn't have to like build your own shelter and like yeah. here's a potato and a slab of meat, <laughs> figure it out before it goes bad. <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Have to oh, that's the only camping I actually enjoyed <laughs> because they didn't make me do anything. It was just like, here's what we're giving you. We'll be over there if you need us. And that was that was that was tight. Just sit yeah. up under a tree yeah. for two days and not be bothered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give me more of that. Are you all we like woodsy at people? Campground in uh, Panama City. Yeah, we stayed at. I, it's something I like really to do. Road with oh, yeah. day off. I like to stay at a campground. Like keep my tent. When you say campground, what do you mean? Yeah, just not like a just often KOAs. You know, when you do stand up yeah. on the road, you got off nights. It's a little. It's a little hack for stand up comedians that KOAs only cost uh, thirty dollars for a tent site. They get a nice clean bathroom there, so you, you just camp out overnight and we do it. Mike brought it up because I pooped my pants on that trip. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even let him get there. You just had a transition. It's an embarrassing story. I had a show about bombing and we got to talk about something. <laughs> I didn't. Glimmer in his eye. Brought it up. He's like, I'm going to get this to Andy's most embarrassing story. I was not going to bring up the poop. No, I you just, heard Boy Scouts and you were like, yeah. I see the constellation already. <laughs> I see the four to five moves I need to make it to a poop story. Well, Cronin doing three D poop chase. I thought it was really funny because we we went to Panama City, which we both like went to spring break. We had like fond memories of partying there. Yeah, right. And on. then we go as adults, and Andy shits his pants, and I get <laughs> such severe sunburn on like I didn't do like my side like right here, and it was facing the sun the whole time. So you look like a macaroon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I think we were in bed by like nine that night. Like, holy <laughs> shit. Uh, I went to Panama City Beach for spring break one time. I just felt so bad for the old people who all have to shelter for that like two or three weeks and they're just frightened at the grocery yeah. store. Mm-hmm. How many people can invade my hometown trying to find alcohol? And they find <laughs> yeah. out every year. Every yeah. year, it's too many for them. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. No wonder they stay through the hurricane. They like, <laughs> <laughs> like, just kill me. <laughs> like, we've seen college kids. We can handle this. <laughs> so, Mike, I know you got started here in Cincinnati. I kind of know mm. a little bit of your backstory, but I didn't even know where you were from, Andy. Uh, how did you get started in, in, in stand-up? <laughs> well, I started stand up in St. Louis. I had finished college and I wanted to, I always wanted to try stand up, and then I finally did at the St. Louis Funny Bone, and then I just oh. kept doing it, and now it's been almost 20 years. Whoa. That origin story was yeah. very short. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool things. There was no. Well, he started with like Tommy Jonigan and Gabe, and yeah, Gabe Kia was a St. Louis guy. Was yeah, that? Uh, I've told this story so many times, but I'm, I, uh, maybe I would still be a comedian if it wasn't for Gabe. But 
I, I, <laughs> <laughs> let's not give him too much credit. Yeah, yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's that big of a head. I barely understood that there were comedians that weren't famous. Yeah. So, I mean, comedy's so popular now, but th- this is 2003 when I started in like the late night. It's like, you know, Seinfeld's on TV and everybody knows him and everybody knows Chris Rock, but there's not a lot of comedians. Now, like a normal person could probably rattle off 20 comedians they've heard of. But back then, yeah. I liked comedy and I could probably only name five. Right. So I didn't know like there was even a club system. I didn't know you could be a comedian and not be a famous person. So. When I found out about open mic night, I just assumed, I came up with this whole thing in my head that I assumed that the open mic night was an audition to get to work at the club. Or at least to get to come to the next. I, I assume there's someone in the back watching and really caring about all the performances. So I signed up for the open mic and I, it went good for first time, you know? Hell yeah. Uh, I, I felt like it was good. I, I wrote jokes and I told them. And then, uh, you know, I kept signing up for the open mic night online and I didn't get on the list again which I took to mean I didn't pass the thing. And so I'm like, well, you know, I tried it, whatever. I I'd, I'd always wanted to try it, and I tried it. And then I ran into Gabe at a Carbon Leaf concert, which is a band <laughs> that my college roommate really loved. And I just ran into him there, and he said, why haven't you keep come? Why haven't you came again? And I said, well, I didn't make it. And he was like, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you don't make it. And explained to me, oh, you just hang out there all the time, and then they'll let you go up more. And, and then after that, I started hanging out there, you know, uh, every weekend, every open mic night, even if I wasn't on it. And the, that was like, yeah, it was probably like three or four months between my first open mic and when I realized, oh, there is a path. You don't, it's yeah. not like someone just crowns you. You're a comedian now. So... Was it massively different from like <laughs> it is now where there's still like a bunch of bar shows that you could go there to? Really or- weren't a lot of bar shows. When I started in St. Louis, I don't know that there were any bar shows at all. Like I remember there was one, but that had after, been after I've been doing it for a while. But there was a club in St. Louis. There was a club across the river in Fairview Heights. There was a club in the suburbs in St. Charles. We would drive to Kansas City and do shows. We would drive to Springfield and do shows. And we would drive to Bloomington and do shows. So, like, a lot of those clubs had open mics, and we would go to those and then eventually host all those clubs. So there was enough that you could get some stage time, but there wasn't, like, a ton of bar shows at all. And you had to travel around a bit. Like, it wasn't like you could just stay in your neighborhood. When I started. There was only two, three open mics a week, and so we would go to um, Indianapolis, uh, Louisville, Lexington, Columbus, Cleveland sometimes, St. Louis also. And these days you can just hit an open mic every day of the weekday. Yeah, and you can walk 15 to minutes. a third of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Yes, which sounds better, but the difference when I was doing it, and maybe it was like this for you too, Mike, uh, the crowds at the club were good. Yeah, yeah they were there yeah, to was, see comedy. The difference between the open mics that I started at and the open mics I'll do, if I could do open mic now and it's just all comics and it's mm. miserable and I think like, why did I do this? <laughs> the, open, the, the open mic night was great. It, it would be a pack show. Everybody was into it. They loved watch. And uh, the, that kind of great open mic night, I don't know if it exists many places anymore. It's hard to get people yeah. to just show up and watch comedy of people that they haven't heard because yeah. it's so oversaturated. And like you mm-hmm. said, now most folks are just like, oh, yeah, I can rattle off my top five. And if they're not at 
wherever I'm going, why would I go there? Right. Yeah. And I think our those open mic nights were more like what we think of as book showcases now. It wasn't really yeah. a sign up. It was always like there's maybe 10 to 12 people on the list and then a couple of the established comics can just show up and go up. Yeah. But it, yeah, I, I would think those open mics were more like an established book showcase show that you would go to now at a bar. Well, I mean, if you're signing up for it online and not making it on the list, then yeah, that definitely feels more like <laughs> mm-hmm. a booked thing than an open mic. Yeah. yeah. So if you're signing up for something and not making it on, the, that's not very open. No, it's not. No, it's not. They like, called it open mic night, and that's no. so it's cracked. That's it's it's cracked open. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> I also used them, there was a little section in there for comments on the uh, submission to the open mic. Why? Online. What? Well, I I thought, and I just decided, like, you're supposed to write your best joke. <laughs> and then whoever's who gets to go up is probably thinking, like, oh, this this is a really good one. We got to get this one up. <laughs> did you and see what Andy wrote there, in the I comments? The guy that did it, who's Matt Barons and still works there, and he's like, I never read that. In fact, if someone writes something in there, I'm less likely to book. <laughs> 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 Holy How shit. How did you guys meet? Did you just start out a hosting forum or? No, did you, I did you come up uh, with I would them? hang out at Go Bananas all the time every weekend, no matter who was there. And Andy came in opening for Tommy Johnigan. And uh, did Tommy do a class or like a writing session? Um, maybe there were, yeah. I can remember going to a writing session there. I can't remember when the first time we met was. I feel like the first time I invited you to come on the road, though, was another Gabe story. I feel like I asked Gabe to do it, and he couldn't, and he was like, you should maybe bring Mike. Yeah, that sounds yeah. good. You should have brought Gabe yeah. on the podcast, too. Yeah. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> yeah, a lot of Gabe stories. I think that's what happened, but I'm not sure. But I hung out in Cincinnati a lot for no particular reason other than the comedians here. I became friends with a lot of them, and then it was a fun place to come and then every time i came you know i don't know i like this cincinnati crew it's a fun group of comedians here we got a a nice batch of weirdos Mm -hmm. so you've got 20 years under your belt how long ago did you get started i got started in 2006 so you're gonna make me do math 16 (laughs) there we go okay give me a number i can quantify 17 yeah okay right on right on uh so we've we've been doing this podcast here for a couple of years uh who else was just starting out when you were first trying to break into a random friend group um alex stone sam evans sally brooks um are you making a list yeah. yeah <laughs> uh, there's a lot of people that didn't make it, obviously. Um, yeah. Uh, Tom Brady was kind of parallel to us in Bloomington. Tom oh, Takar. Yeah. Now sorry. Tom Takar. Yeah. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. yeah. My brain. I was just like, well, that guy's done everything. <laughs> Something else blew up to, to, for him and he moved on. From yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then above us, we had Ryan Singer, Jeff Tate, uh, Dave Waite, Tyrone Hawkins. Um, so it's like a really good scene. Yeah. And it's been that way. Like I, it's interesting. Cause like when we got involved a few years ago, you know, you, you, you have the people that you see for the first time. They're like, Oh shit, that's what funny is. And then you mm-hmm. find out that they just had a good night. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> They started three weeks before you and they got real lucky. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting. Like the batches of people that started together and, and the names that fall off the people that aren't doing it anymore. 
Who do you miss? Who's the person that like you just <laughs> wish? And these names won't mean anything to anyone other than y'all. But I'm curious, yeah. like, who do you miss and why? Well, when I when I was in St. Louis, there was like the batch of comics right above me, the ones that were featuring at the club. Yeah, we would really look up to all of us trying to get the host spots. Uh, there was one guy that died, so I would say him the most. He like tragically got in an accident and died. His oh. name's Brett Clausen. That's the best way to quit comedy, man. Brett Clausen <laughs> is so so funny. You know, I think maybe he would have been a famous person by now, but Fuck yeah, hilarious. Yeah, Brett Clausen, Damn. rest in peace, man. Such a funny guy. Mike, I have a feeling you should have went first. I uh, should have. <laughs> 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 Do you have anything to follow a harsh well, R.I.P.? Let me tell you who's dead to me. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike Cody, I think, is, Hell yeah. is oh, yeah. one who I yeah. think he's so fucking funny. And he would come back. He would not do stand up all year. Come back and do brouhaha and have better jokes than all of us who worked our asses off. He did that a couple of months ago. Yeah, and it was insane. <laughs> that sounds infuriating. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's infuriating, but also I feel happy for people like that because the times there's so many times in my life as someone that's been doing a long time and still doesn't make a lot of money of like what am I doing? So the people that like were able to get free and then can still do comedy and really have fun, yeah, hundred percent enjoy it. Well, yeah, I yeah. feel like well, they kind of figured out life a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just yeah. got happy and yeah. stayed funny and yeah. fuck them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you guys weren't telling jokes, what would you be doing? Andy was a geologist, weren't you? Yeah, well, I have a geology degree and environmental science degree. I was working in a laboratory before. I no shit. Oh, wow. And so I probably would have just stayed there. It was a good job. I like the people I worked with. I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah, I would probably just still be working in that lab in the suburbs of Chicago. What made you, like, switch? Because were you still being a geologist well, when really you started switched. comedy? I didn't start trying to be a comedian until, like, a week or two weeks after I had graduated because okay. I felt like, well, if I don't try it now, I'm never going to try it. Yeah, I feel that. Start working and then I'm going to be an adult. And so that's when I started it. And I kind of started at the same time I started a career in, uh, you know, geology, I guess. And I had a job in St. Louis. And then I moved to Chicago, I had a different job. But I've, I did everything together. And after many years of doing that, maybe like seven or eight years, maybe nine, I think I left my job in 2009. So that would have been seven years of doing both. I just uh, I was burning myself out because yeah. I, w- I would drive and do gigs and then drive back, sleep in the parking lot of the lab, work and then drive back to the club. Y- you know, if it was five hours or less, I would take the gig, work a full day, do it, drive back. And I was just burning myself out. And I eventually kind of felt like I'm not going to get better at comedy and I'm not going to get better at my job. And I'm just going to stay in this like middle area. Yeah. I don't pick one. And obviously you think. I'm never going to look back and regret not being work, working in this laboratory, probably. But anyway, I should try this one thing that was a childhood dream. You know, I don't know. Now I'm 42. Maybe I could see how it would be better if I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Mike, what would you be doing if you weren't telling jokes? I started when I was 19, so I didn't really... Oh, you have nothing else have in your nothing belt. Nothing else. Wow. <laughs> you, wow. Just Holy one Cub shit. Scout meeting, I mean, and then Lance you started <laughs> comedy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> What's I, your life experience? Well, there was pizza in a movie once. Yeah. Uh, then I yeah. just started hanging out in dark rooms. <laughs> I did landscaping for about 10 years, so... Okay. Maybe that. 
I mean, maybe that maybe that, that. that seems a little bleaker than geologist. <laughs> it's very comedy got you into landscaping, didn't you? <laughs> doing the landscaping and go bananas. No, I was I got that job because I've been landscaping. Oh, you've been so good at landscaping. I do hear that though. A lot of landscapers start as comedians. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah. I I don't. I, what would you be doing if you weren't uh, like uh, failing at being a writer? Yeah, and then uh, working. Uh, issuing driver's licenses. Oh, the DMV. Well, this uh, this is interesting. That's what you they do now. I asked you it. to choose. Do you have no imagination? And now it's a regional office, not the DMV, <laughs> that issues the driver's licenses. Oh, so, yeah, it's it's pretty hot news Don't in the driver's credit. license Don't world. Give <laughs> Don't give him a fucking inch. He'll take a mile, and the rest of the episode will be hey, like, "This is what happened when a form do you, fails." Do you guys have the real ID yet? You know, you need that to apply. <laughs> And, uh, I think it's this year that it turns over. Uh, May third, yeah, yeah, May next 3rd. year, yeah. I have May third. Believe it, baby. Oh, yeah. good, good I man. Keep my passport in my bag too, even mm. traveling domestically, just in case. What if someone takes your bag? Yeah, but what if you lose your wallet and then can't fly home? Is what I just, I don't know, man. I'm not attached oh, yeah. anywhere. Like I can just post up wherever. <laughs> That's not that much of a speed bump to me, really. It's just like I can make friends at the yeah. lobby and just be like, yeah, where do you live? Me too. You yeah. live. You pay rent in my house. That's How do you kind think of I got disturbing. Here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can leave Luke whenever he can afford rent. I'd give you at least a three day heads up. Oh, okay. seventy two hours. You know, typical psych hold. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm not gonna be back for a while. <laughs> also, I have a new jacket. <laughs> in Michigan, they call the DMV as the Secretary of State. So it was so confusing when I moved there. When they're like, I'm going to the Secretary of State. I was like, for what? They already have one of those. (laughs) (laughs) What a pretentious oversell. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, it's my birthday. I have to go to the Secretary of State. (laughs) So uh, do you guys have worse bombing stories before we get too lost in the driver's license (laughs) issuing weeds? We talked about it a little. And I, you know, before the pie, I... I can't remember ever bombing. Yeah, I've seen him bomb a lot, so I don't know. That why. is weird. It's yeah. fun that you witness it and yeah. he just blanks it out yeah, immediately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is fun. What's each other's worst bombing stories? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this we should always do two guests for this. Yes. Uh, Mike always says, "Well, I can't really think of any time that you." Do you just not remember bad comedy? Is that? I, have, I mean, I have a couple. Oh, he remembers bad comedy. I have. I don't remember any of yours. You have a I used to do a joke about at least one. Uh-huh. I don't listen to your set. <laughs> <laughs> so that's maybe you you sounded know. really nice, but yeah. if you're out of the room anytime he does comedy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he pops back in for the last joke to spend his first five minutes making fun of me. So. Yes. <laughs> that's a that's a comedy business trick. I don't know if you guys know about that yet. Yeah. That's what said is making fun of the <laughs> yeah. yeah, you show up for a frame of reference and then yeah. you dive off the diving board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My very first time on stage, that's what I did, and I got a, an enormous laugh and then apologized to the comedian for throwing her under the bus. And she was like, Oh, I didn't hear what you said. I left. And then I told her to her face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ugh. One time I watched the whole show in New York, and everybody talked to the same people in the audience and asked them the same question. Not everybody, but people. <laughs> That it was crazy to me. Like d- nobody watches each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one person, and this audience isn't calling anyone out. And so I was in the back of the room, going like, "I'm 
going to get the biggest laugh when I go up there and I say, I learned one thing about New York comedy. They don't watch each other set. <laughs> You're from here. You're from here. This is how you met. You know, <laughs> go through. And it bombed. No one liked it at all. Dissect this. Nobody. Dude, I, uh, even the audience was like, "Why would they watch each other's?" <laughs> <It's free. Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> You're about to convince me to take up smoking and leave during your set. Yeah. <laughs> Just talk about anything else. <laughs> I did uh, stand up in a strip club in West Virginia one time. Um, None of those things add up. That wow. was a horrible <laughs> bomb. <laughs> in a strip club. In like a strip club. Inside. Yeah, and they didn't tell the patrons there was going to be a comedy show, so people show up wanting to see strippers yeah. and then they see my this is during stripping 19 hours. year old face yeah <laughs> okay I'm, I'm real glad you said strippers my brain's dumb i heard yeah. strip club and i was in a strip mall i was in a strip mall that you were doing comedy yeah, in. No, not no. better but no, yeah. less titties were, were there strippers around while you were doing comedy yeah yeah they were that's just the taking worst a break yeah well, <laughs> they're just smoking and not laughing it was one of their birthdays so so it was for her but Nobody was having fun but her. <laughs> <laughs> they got a cake in and you. <laughs> I was bombing. Uh, I was supposed to do 15 minutes. I was bombing so hard. Six minutes in, she walked on stage and hugged me and brought me off stage. <laughs> <laughs> Were you the only comedian who did that? There was two comics. And another oh, guy good. went up and he was a little more experienced. He did crowd work and kind of did okay. But yeah. As well as you can do in that yeah. very fucked up, strange situation. Yeah, yeah. But I think even he did like half his time and was like, let's bring out the strippers. And then they yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Enough of this. Yeah. Like, Jesus. What a dream to have that in your back pocket at any point in the set. <laughs> yeah, let's bring out the Yeah, no kidding, yeah. man. What a ripcord to be yeah. able to pull at any time. Yeah. You know what? I'm not that funny. Nudity. Yeah. <laughs> it's a vivid memory of a joke that bombed really hard. It was my first year doing stand-up and... Uh, BET was doing some contest, and I made it to the second round of the BET contest. And uh, it was maybe the show was called Coming to the Stage or something like that. And they were mm -hmm. picking someone from the show to get to go on, on the TV show. And uh, I was getting advice from people. People were like, "You're the white guy. Lean into it. You know, just like be, be yourself. And uh, like, don't be, be white. scared to say any <laughs> racial things." And so it was right when the brand new $20 bills came out that had color in them for the first time. You guys remember that? Yeah. It was like a big yeah. deal when it happened and everyone was talking about it like, oh, I hate the color in this money. American money should be green and stuff. And so I thought a very funny joke would be uh, to mention the new money that had different colors on it and then say, I'm sick of everything being about color in this country. <laughs> and uh, someone yelled out in the audience, boy, watch yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I've never gotten a boy watch yourself. That's, yeah, man, yeah, it's a new line, one. You know? <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, we've we've heard stories about people booing. We've heard stories about all sorts of things being hollered out. But just yeah. a boy watch yourself. Watch yourself. <laughs> I did after that. <laughs> yeah, watch that does sound like genuine advice coming from. He was worried about you. <laughs> Yeah, that wasn't even a heckle. It was just a subtle correction. Nineteen years later, and I'm still watching myself. Yeah, <laughs> still watching himself. Yeah, you know, the most powerful advice will stick with you. You know, uh, <laughs> I was opening for um, Bruce Bruce one time, and I was bombing, hosting for him, and 
<laughs> like I was getting no reactions from the crowd. And then I said one thing and one, I just heard one lady go, mm-hmm. I'd rather hear crickets. than kidding, <laughs> dude. Like mm-hmm. there are certain sounds that it's just silence is better. Yeah. Silence is better. Yeah. Like if you can hear someone suck their teeth at you, yeah. nah, man, you could have moved several rows back. So yeah. I don't have to hear. In LA, they do these shows in the summertime for teenagers. There's just like this group, there's this company that sends teenagers on these cross country road trips. It sounds like a very fun thing to do as a teenager, um, but they do shows at the improv in LA and it's all teenagers. And it's the worst audience you're ever going to be in front of. And I bombed two shows there. I did poorly with my material. And then a friend of mine, uh, who does really well at these shows. Uh, her name is Amy Silverberg. She gave me this, this advice. Uh, don't do any material. Just talk to them. And so I went to do... So I had done bad twice. I wasn't looking forward to doing it again, but I was trying to get spots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I accepted it. And then I took her advice. I did no material. I did. I opened the show. The first thing I said was, take your hood off, you piece of shit. <laughs> 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 and then I did 10, you know... Perfectly passable minutes. That's amazing. How do you communicate shit. with teenagers? Oh, you be as yeah. mean as a teenager to them. Yeah. <laughs> this is like, oh, he might be one of my friends. Yeah, I don't want I don't want jokes. I just want someone with crow's feet to yell at me. Yeah. That's all I want. <laughs> I I've never performed in front of kids in a comedy capacity, uh, but I have played music in front of 300 teenagers that were a youth group for a mega church. And Did they even put one hand in there while they were listening to you. <laughs> 120 of them, baby. 120. The first third. Uh, holy shit! I don't know that I. I have you ever found yourself in a situation where you're like comedy just shouldn't be here? I mean, other than the strip club, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just we, like who put the show together? I Why also is got this paid to uh, do stand up at an MS bikeathon. So it was a campground in the middle of the day. People just bike 75 miles and we're doing stand up outdoors after the, in the middle of the field. Yeah. So everyone's tired. Everyone's tired, and there's no stage set. There's no crowd set up. It's just like the closest people to us are a hundred feet away eating food, like after <laughs> they're biking, and like do not give a shit at all. Of course not. Yeah. Like Jesus Christ, just turn on a radio. Like yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> the same one that I was at because I have a bike. Was it motorcycles? I have a motorcycle no. story. Yeah, it was the club contacted me because I was playing this club in South Dakota. I think, and they contacted me that there was like a motorcycle rally going on and they had a comedian that fell through to do a show in the afternoon and would I be willing to go do it? And I did it. And, uh, you know, it was like a motorcycle thing. So most of the people were out riding their motorcycles during the day. And I was on a huge stage that's set up for a band and no one's in front of it. The closest people are, you know, 50 yards away, very similar my dad was there, which was humiliating. <laughs> and, Hell yeah. Uh, what I ended up doing to fill the set was uh, there was a sand volleyball tournament going on next to the stage. So I, I just called the game. <laughs> you know, it wasn't particularly funny, but my jokes weren't funny either. So it was fun to call the volleyball game. And one woman flashed me her tits. Hey, that's hey. fun. You know, I mean, uh, I don't. I, do you, how do you pivot when you're bombing? Um, 
you did the right pivot like that again it wasn't funnier but like mm-hmm. that's i think that's the only move yeah yeah i'm a strong believer in do the amount of time that you were hired to do unless <laughs> someone gives you like a mercy light or something or, or comes onto the stage and hugs you and escorts you off yeah. yeah and this was a time where i sound cool because i thought of something to do but more times than not i'll just like stand there and say the jokes and tell the time yeah just power <laughs> through <laughs> this is the script You'll know when I'm done when I say goodbye. (laughs) Oh, shit. So one of the ways that we like to sort of wrap things up here at the end is with words of wisdom from our guests. And given that there's two of you, we're going to start this just a little bit You each do half. Uh, No, I want full (laughs) wisdom. I want to get real wise. Uh, Yeah, it doesn't actually have to be wise. Uh, Luke's words of wisdom on one of our selfish casts were go to sleep. Oh, with your boots on and your dick up. Yeah. That's, so uh, take that, that as hearts. a framework. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what, what's, what's your advice for the audience? Um, hmm. Just for people living their lives out there. Hey, you know what? This is some of the best advice I ever got. And it's not my advice. It comes from Biff from Back to the Future. <laughs> <Tom> <laughs> Great source. Great source. I am on board. Uh, so I've probably already told you this before. It's just some of the best advice I've ever heard. And, and you can apply it to anything in your life. Uh, you know, I apply it to comedy, but you can repl- apply it to anything. And he said uh, he, he, he's never met anyone in like 40 years of being in show business that had talent and worked hard that didn't eventually get a shot at what they were trying to do. So, uh, you know, whatever you're interested in, you probably have some talent and that's what makes you interested in. So it's up to you to just work hard and then know eventually something will happen. Biff promised. That was very heartwarming. I didn't expect that from Biff. Yeah, I know. It's great advice. I think about it all the time, and it makes me feel better because I'll feel like all the things aren't happening, and I think, well, I, I know enough to know that I have some talent with this. All I have to do is work hard. Oh, Wow. Do people usually do jokes? I thought... <laughs> it's a mixed bag. It yeah. really is. It really is a mixed bag. Advice, but I think you apply to anything. You know, if you, if you want to be an architect or something... Mm-hmm. You know, it's, I'm sure it's difficult to get the job you want yeah. in yeah. an architect, but you got to wherever you are from some amount of talent. So, you know, just work hard and eventually get a shot. I yeah. fucking love that. That might beat Dennis Piper's good. advice. That, uh, that was which probably was straight up just like where to buy stocks and how to handle your money, until which is great advice. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, dude, that all right. Uh, how are you going to top that? Yeah. What are you um, going to do, meat? <laughs> My older brother gave me a really good piece of advice. He said, uh, Mike, I've never regretted fucking a fat girl. He said, I've regretted not fucking a fat girl, but I've never regretted fucking a fat girl. And I take that to mean no regrets, you know? You know. Make your, take your shot and, and do it. Just do it. I thought my heart was warmed before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Super that is legitimately <laughs> the only piece of advice my brother's ever given me. He never a good fuck one. A fat girl. He saved yeah. it for a good one. Uh-huh. Older brother? Older brother, yeah. Okay, right, right. right no, he yeah. was six. Well, yeah. I, I don't know. He might have a brother punching up. You know, <laughs> wise beyond his years. He's like, let me tell you about fat girls let me tell you and this regrets. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Before doing sex advice, I have sex advice. I got some sex advice once. We will too. take all uh, the advice you guys have. Yeah, one time, Mike's dad said to me, if you fuck my wife one more time, <laughs> well, I don't have a video. <laughs> I'm letting you back in our house. Mm-hmm. There's got to be footage in the can. 
Oh my god. Here's a funny bomb. It's not a bombing story. This is one of the funniest things Mike ever did to me. <laughs> so I'm sorry you guys are trying to wrap it up, but this is a real good story. Uh, Mike had, used to do this joke about watching uh, the baton twirlers at halftime. Yeah. And his mom, uh, him, they, they, he saw them fiddling those sticks and he thought to himself, <laughs> I bet these women give great hand jobs. And then his mom said, you know, I used to do that in high school. <laughs> joke about how his mom was probably great at hand jobs. And I would go up after him on a regular basis. And for, I don't know, as I would challenge myself to see how loud, long I could do it. Talk about how good Mike's mom's hand jobs were. <laughs> details about the different things they do. And I start the whole thing by like saying how much I love truth and comedy. <laughs> my hand jobs are so good. And I would just go on and on and on. Mike knew I do this because I did it almost every show we did together. Pretty much. And, yeah. <laughs> and he does a joke. And of course, I go up. I talk about how great hand jobs are for an extended amount of time. And and then after the show, I go, uh, hey, Andy, I'd like you to meet my mom. And then he had to look her in the eye after he did that for a good five minutes. That show. And my dad. And my dad. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. That's beautiful. Dad seemed mad. The funniest thing about it is like truth and comedy is like such a real thing because that was the time that. It stopped being a joke, and she did start giving me hand jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just as good as I thought. Yeah. You're telling it wrong. Take your pants off. Let me teach you something. Yeah. <laughs> she actually developed carpal tunnel, and now she can't use both hands. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> Holy shit. Uh, where can people find y'all? Y'all got socials? You on the things? Yeah. I'm at Bone Snake 3 on everything. Damn right you are. Yeah. How the uh, fuck did that start? I've been meaning to ask <laughs> yeah. you that for years. It's a joke I do every time I go on stage. So, Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would have made your handle that 16 years ago if you knew that you would have to do that joke. Keep doing it for 16 years? No. no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Uh, mine are at Andy Woodhall, and I have a new stand-up special called Pumpkin Spice Season that's available for free on YouTube. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. And I got one coming out on also free on YouTube. Fuck yeah. yeah When's it dropping? Uh, Soonish? Quarter four is all I got right now. Keep Look out, out for quarter Q4. four. It's going to be called Thick Worm. Fuck yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, sick. Thank y'all so much for listening. Uh, do you want to thank the patrons and get oh, us the yeah. fuck out of here? Thank you, Eric Newman. And thank you, uh, Tori Fagenbush. And uh, you can ring in with some anytime. Garrett Teitelbaum. I did them all last time. Uh, Kylie Dill. Um, it's a four McGregor Lake. Thank you yes. so much for giving us money. Bye. See ya. I forgot there was a camera. Yeah. We do That's a lot. That's ideal, yeah. Uh,